Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. All right, UConn-Vanderbilt, a much-awaited matchup this week <laughs> in college football here. So joining me today, we've got Aria Gerson. She's from the Tennessee. And Aria, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So to start, again, as I mentioned, I know a lot of people are, are somewhat looking forward to this matchup this weekend. Um, I know UConn and Vanderbilt both have been having some down times in, in college football. But I know Vanderbilt, to, to start, has brought in a new coach this year. What's been the the mindset there and the culture that's in the midst of being worked on there at Vanderbilt? Right. So Clark Lee's um, the new coach, and his biggest thing has been just kind of about like starting from the beginning, really. Like he calls this team team one, uh, just to kind of say that like what came before hand, you know, wasn't Vanderbilt or like, isn't, shouldn't be what Vanderbilt is going forward and to just kind of wipe the slate clean. Now um, that's a pretty difficult Thing to do in your roster is in the state that Vanderbilt is, which, yeah. you know, obviously UConn knows a thing or two about that, but um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the philosophy and just, you know, about uh, learning how to win is something he's big on. You know, he will not, I think Vanderbilt has, will take wins where they can get it. You know, they beat Colorado state and they are pretty happy about that win. So, you know, they're not, probably going to beat any sec teams this year but the hope is that i mean they didn't win any games last year vanderbilt (laughs) went zero and nine last year so it's it's an winning one game is an improvement over last year (laughs) in in terms of what coach lee is bringing to the table for a uconn fan who who hasn't tuned in to watch vanderbilt this year what's the style of play like under coach lee and what, what can they expect from from one of these vanderbilt teams Right. So, you know, Clark Lee is, is a defensive coach. He came from Notre Dame. He was a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Um, and his defensive style is like a four, two, five type, which is d- very different from, you know, what, what they were playing before. Um, it's definitely like th- they have a lot of hybrid players on the defense uh, players that can be, you know, hybrid pass rusher linebacker types or linebacker mm-hmm. safety types, depending on certain packages or, you know, they have different people on the field, depending on what the, the situation is. Um, and, you know, that's partially to help develop, you know, younger players. And because the pass rush hasn't been great this year, just trying to figure out how to, you know, get something done on defense, you know, offensively, um, you know, it's kind of, I think it, it kind of varies depending on the game, depending on what's working in the game. You know, they used a very run heavy approach against Stanford, but it was a lot more pass heavy against Colorado state. Um, the wide receivers, there's a lot of talent at receiver and at tight end. Um, although v- Vanderbilt's best running back is out for the season. So, uh, that is, uh, they don't have a lot of depth there, but they've had some, I mean, the run game was pretty good against Stanford and um, the pass game has been up and down, but there's at least some potential there that, uh, you know, th- there's been 
there's been flashes. They can't do it consistently, but you know, I think when it's working, there's a lot of RPOs. There's a lot of, you know, um, different guys that can be open downfield or, you know, the, if the run game's working, then that's obviously an option. And then Vanderbilt has a second quarterback that they use sometimes who's more of a mobile quarterback, a, a dual threat who, you know, has made a lot of things happen in the quarterback run game. So that's another wrinkle that Vanderbilt might bring on the offense as well. It's funny you mentioned that. I think that's a perfect segue because I was going to ask, what's up with the two quarterback situation? And, and what, what's that whole situation been like? Yeah, so basically these two players, Ken Seals and Mike Wright, they both were on the team last year, but they're both sophomores. So they haven't played a full season. They, you know, just had the COVID season that was SEC only last year. Now, Ken Seals, who's the starting quarterback, he was actually pretty good last year. He had a completion percentage of 65%. And he set a bunch of school passing records that were originally held by Jay Cutler. So, and this was against only SEC teams. So he was, you know, not too bad last year. And there was a lot of thoughts that he was going to, you know, take another step forward, but he really has regressed so far. Um, And it's kind of unclear, you know, he, he turns the ball over a lot and that was always an issue with him. That was an issue last year too, but it's just like, he's never really been able to get, in a rhythm. And then the second guy, Mike Wright, he comes in usually when Vanderbilt is losing. They'll bring him in to try to like get a drive going by using the running game. But so far this season, at least, you know, Mike Wright has actually, when he does throw, which is not that often, but when he does, he has been even less efficient than Ken Seals has, but he is able to get gain a bunch of yards with the run game mostly because it's just a different look because Ken Seals is more of like a pocket passer. He doesn't run mm-hmm. too much. And so, you know, the reason that that Clark Lee is sticking with Ken Seals is because he thinks that Mike Wright kind of, I guess, plays hero ball a little bit in the sense of he tries to always make a play himself. And, you know, if he was the primary quarterback, like that can work when it's specific packages but if he was a starting quarterback, you can't just run the ball yourself on every play because right. teams are going to take that away. So the, the the usage has been a little bit strange, in my opinion. I don't completely understand what they're trying to do with it. Just in the sense of, like, there's not a, a ton of rhyme or reason to when Mike Wright comes in. It's kind of just if the offense has been pretty bad, they bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like Ken Seals is getting benched because then they'll bring Seals back in. So it's like very. It seems like, a bit random there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit random for sure. But I think um, my guess would be that if Ken Seals does, you know, get on a roll against UConn, if he's if he's doing well, that I think Clark Lee will stick with him, and I think Mike Wright is more if there's a bunch of drives in a row that are stalling or whatever, that he might be more of an option at that point. All right. Interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays <laughs> out Saturday night in terms of some of the other guys on offense, whether you're looking at some of the running backs or, or the receivers, who are some names that UConn fans should be on the lookout for? Yeah. So I'm going to start with the receivers. Um, I think Chris Pierce uh, has been Vanderbilt's, you know, go-to target this year as far as the receivers go. 
he's been a, a you know a good downfield threat. He's a very experienced player. Um, Cam Johnson, uh, he had some potential NFL hype last year. He's a slot receiver and he's very good as well. Um, ben Bresnahan at tight end, he so he got injured in the first game of the season. And so he missed two games and then he played last week, but he didn't do much. But apparently, according to Clark Lee, he's back uh, this week, like fully. Mm-hmm. So potentially he could get in more because he is or has been when healthy. One of the best players on the team on the offense. It's just a matter of like him staying healthy. So mm-hmm. um, their main running back right now, I mentioned their best running back at or their top running back was out for the season with an injury, but their current starting running back is Rocco Griffin. And he is another player who's kind of been up and down, but against Stanford, he actually had two runs of 30 plus yards. So he does have some big play potential uh, at times, especially if the offensive line is doing really well, which they looked a lot better against Stanford than they did in the first couple of games. So he could be a big play threat at running back. Um, so I would say that those are, I mean, they really just roll with those same guys. They make very few substitutions on offense. It's really just the same guys the whole game. And that's probably who is going to be the biggest threat. And then looking on the flip side of the ball, on the defense, a name or two to, to be on the lookout for. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think that on the defense, you have um, – the the Ethan Barr at linebacker, he's been pretty good. Um, and uh, Davion Davis is a defensive lineman. He um, is one of the team captains. And against Colorado State, I think it was, he had multiple pass breakups at the line of scrimmage. So he has been, you know, quite good. Um, and so the... Um, There's also Elijah McAllister who he has, so he struggled with injuries a lot throughout his career. He missed all of 2020 with injury. He, so he has been kind of quiet so far this year. He like hasn't recorded a ton of stats, but you know, he's got a great body, great athleticism. So he's definitely has a potential to, to be a problem. He's a, a pass rush type player. Um, And so he comes in in like pass rushing situations usually. So he could be another one to keep a lookout for. I know that this might be a tricky one, given that the Vanderbilt's a one win team. (laughs) And I'm sure if you asked me the question, I'd be the same from UConn standpoint. But what would you say is the biggest strength of this Vanderbilt team? Like what can they do well to beat you at the game? Yeah, so I think that Vanderbilt has shown at least on the defense that they are able to make some adjustments during the game. Um, In most of the games, I think all of the games so far, the defense has played better in the second half. Um, And a lot of the points that they've given up have actually been due to turnovers and things like that, that weren't really the defense's fault so much. Mm -hmm. So while the defense isn't great, um, you sometimes will see them give up a couple scores early and then they, they kind of settle in. 
And so the goal now, you know, and Clark Lee has hammered this in basically every press conference he's given is like, they need to start faster, like they need to be better at the beginning of the games. But I have been impressed with their ability to kind of make those adjustments to kind of, you know, it really showed against Stanford, they gave up some stuff early, but in the second half, they were, the defense was actually quite good. Now it was too late to actually win the game, but but they have been able to kind of make those adjustments and to kind of settle in and, and to more stop the, to, to start making stops. They've had a lot of bend, but not break type of thing. They've had multiple goal line stands, one against Stanford, one against Georgia, you know, so I, I think that the defense, they play hard, no matter, like, even if the game's out of hand, they will start making stops. They're not going to let up. On the flip side, what's the biggest weakness of this team that the UConn could possibly exploit to have a chance to win this game? Yeah, I think it's the turnovers. Um, Vanderbilt turns the ball over a lot. Um, and, you know, it, it's been so many different things. Like there's sometimes Ken Skills will throw an interception. There's been a couple strip sacks and some of those strip sacks you know, obviously it's partially on the quarterback and it's partially sometimes that, you know, an offensive lineman or a running yeah. back or a tight end misses a block and like pass rushers are like constantly in his face. So, you know, you kind of have a two-way street there. There's been turnovers on kickoffs, punts, like just basically any way that you can imagine there being turnovers, <laughs> like Vanderbilt's probably had a turnover. Now they had some, a lot of issues with penalties earlier in the season, but they've really cleaned that up. I've really been impressed with the way that they, you know, against Georgia, which is a very disciplined team, they had very few penalties. So I think that they have cleaned that up a lot, but the turnovers are still a huge problem because when you're already struggling to score, I mean, against Georgia, it was like, they turned the ball over like three consecutive drives, or it might've been two, it was two or three consecutive drives. And like, Georgia just kept scoring with a short field and it, it just was not good. And you can't do that if you're, if you're struggling to score. So Vanderbilt's going to try to avoid some of those really, really negative plays. Was there anything good you could take away from that game against Georgia where you could say, Hey, the score was ugly, but maybe there was one thing here or there you could take away as a positive yeah. to take into the rest of the season. Yeah, like I, I kind of already mentioned it. I think the biggest positive was the penalties. They've really, really been cleaned up. They were cleaned up against Stanford as well. Like the beginning of the season, the first couple of games, there's like false starts, like constantly pass interference, like special teams issues. Like now against Stanford, they had special teams penalties, but the offensive penalties and the defensive penalties were almost completely gone. And against Georgia, they kept that up. Almost no offensive penalties. I think they had one false start and it, I think it was on a punt. So like, that was it. They had like very few penalties against Georgia. And again, against a team that good, that's a team that's going to start, that's going to try to force you into those penalties. And so I think it was a really good sign that they, again, they really seem to have cleaned up the, the that situation and, and have really started to kind of avoid so, so many of those penalties. I also this is, you know, a small consolation, but their punter is really good. Harrison Smith. He's, you know, he's great. Um, Vanderbilt has been a little bit shaky when it comes to like kick and punt coverage. Okay. So they had him do a couple like rugby type punts against Georgia just to like not have him return it. But it, he's good. So, you know, he can flip the field, which Vanderbilt needs somebody who can do that. So 
those are some things that I would say, you know, I have noticed about this, that this team has done really well through, through even in the Georgia game. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be an interesting game Saturday. Definitely. Uh, definitely a battle out there. I'll, <laughs> I'll get you out of here on this one. I'm just curious to get the feel of what the attitude and the morale around Vanderbilt football is like right now. I, I know they've been going through some tough times. We've seen it up here in Connecticut. What's the attitude of the fan base like uh, around the team right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the fan base is really, I mean, they're used to Vanderbilt football being pretty bad. They've been bad for, uh, I mean, there's, if you just, if you take out, like, I mean, they've had a few good years, especially for James Franklin, but other than those, they've been bad for decades. Like, <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the expectations are pretty low, but regardless, it's, it's just kind of a weird transitional period right now because nobody is really sure in terms of the current situation on the team. It's obviously mm-hmm. really bad. Like, it's, it's worse than it was, you know, a few years ago, but it's unclear how much of that you know, was the old coaching staff and how much of that is the Isn't new it? coaching yeah. staff. So it's really, I think people are are unsure what to think. They're not sure if this is like, you know, we hired the wrong guy or if it's just a matter of like, he needs to like get his guys in and have more time because, you know, I, I do think regardless of who the coach is, like this is not a situation that you can turn around in one year. Yeah. But like, I just think that it's kind of been, I mean, they're not, they don't go in expecting a win against any team really, but you know, and they're used to being punched in the gut, but I do think that they're just kind of cautiously like waiting to see more and hoping that it it gets better at some point, even if it's not this year, that maybe gets better next year or at, at some point. And that it just had to do with the previous coach, uh, Mm -hmm coaching staff and, and COVID because COVID, you know, impacted recruiting and it impacted a bunch of other stuff that that, that was kind of the, the root cause of this. Right, right. I, I'm sure you, you're surprised to, to be there and see this Vanderbilt team as a double digit favorite heading into Saturday. I, I, I don't think you'll see that much this year, but Aria, really appreciate the time. Looking forward to the game on Saturday and thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.